as this podcast is about The King Killer Chronicle by Patrick Rothfuss, it will contain spoilers for The King Killer Chronicle by Patrick Rothfuss. There may also be some what you would call foul language. Let's get to it. Listeners, welcome to my new expansive, beautiful rooms here in Severin. That, of course, is Severin High. I, here at Entirely the Right Sort of Podcast, am drinking my wine, cozying up in my little chair without the armrests. Um, my name's RJ, then that stands for Reliable Japes. Oh, hold on. I think that there's just a knock on the door. Hold on, let me open this. Well, who the hell are you guys? I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Uh, wow, Nick. Um, Nick, you appear to be holding a tack board. Jeremy and Jordana are laden with chairs, so I guess we're playing tack today. That's, That's right. right. I thought we could have a little, a little game, a beautiful game, perhaps. But first, let me just rifle through your things and your expansive apartments. Yeah, can I yeah. finger these rings? Yeah, you may. Please see who's come to get me. See who's see who's come to to gossip with me, um, folks. We have some special guests here today, as you can hear from Page of the Wind, Nick, Jeremy, and Jordana are here to talk to me about Brayden and uh, who else Brayden might be. So I'm, I'm happy to have my three favorite Canucks. Um, you guys and Tatiana Maslany are my favorites, but I've never actually met her. So um, wow. we're an exalted company. You are an exalted con- with Regina Saskatchewan's own Tatiana Maslany. Um, I did not know she was Canadian, which is weird because I have a weird fixation with like being proud of successful Canadians. So, yeah, man. Uh, I'll put her on the list. Yeah. She, she, and she's from the town that rhymes with fun. Yes, exactly. The town that rhymes with fun. Gun? Um, yeah. Gun. No. Only down here that that's fun because we like to go shooting cans in the woods. I'm. You guys do that up there too, though. Canada, we, this, this thing about Canada and the US, we're not that different. Yeah, I mean, we have I mean, a pellet gun. At yeah, you can shoot. Yeah, got, you can shoot yeah. cans with a pellet gun. But if you want to shoot a like a proper boom boom gun, you have to like you can go to a shooting range, but it's a lot more of like a process. Do you think Quoth would have been one of those kids that sh- just shot birds out of the sky for fun? No. I think he would have done it once and then got a stern talking to, and would have never done it again. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's like that. Like, I think he probably learned to shoot. Like, he learned to shoot a bow, but I don't think he's like maliciously just like shooting birds out of the sky for shits and giggles. Yeah. I think he would like to see if he could do it. He would like, you know, not thinking he would be good enough. He would accidentally like sort of like uh, Bart in that episode of the Simpsons where he kills the bird with the slingshot. He like well, does it have, once like, and then feels where you bad can, about like, throw it. Throw plates and shoot those instead. But it's like, like skeet shooting. Yeah, skeet shooting. Yeah. That, yeah. I feel like that would be a more quothy thing than like an actual shooting of a, no, that's, thing. that's a bougie activity. The row oh. wouldn't be able to afford and they wouldn't be let into the ski shooting gallery. I think he probably oh. learned to shoot from the guy who taught him woodcraft. And that yeah. guy probably taught it to him in the context of sometimes you got to hunt for your dinner. And that guy is named Lacklith. He's a, from a branch of the Lacklith right. family. And true, so true. possibly is Brayden. Boom, saved it. Possibly is Brayden. <laughs> well, I was just thinking that Quoth, and I was going to tie this back into tack because even if anyone was sh- teaching Quoth to shoot, he would be like, well, am I winning? What's the goal of <laughs> am I winning? Um, yeah, because that's something, well, we'll get into it in a minute. Before we just start absolutely going 
bananas, which I can't wait for. Let's run through our seven things because that's what my listeners come here to expect. Um, and I don't want to um, disappoint 30 people. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. Seven things about Braden. Number one, he has rooms at the mayor's estates in Severin and is a member of the court, but he also, um, I believe has lands in the North. So there we go. He teaches quoth tack. He tells him that he's content to play a beautiful game with him in the court. And he also pushes for a beautiful game in tack. Uh, number three is he has white hair and beard that are the same length as quoth describes him as uh, grandfatherly and owlish brown eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, or fact number four, Nick put this in that, or I think it was Nick, that uh, Braden oh, yeah, is a time. stick by the mayor. And I added that he, the stick has a wolf's head. So we'll get into that. Uh, his colors are said to be ash gray and charcoal, which is a good link to cinder. He gives Quoth a gift of three vintage rings as a gift without object, let, or lien, something Bast also says. And he shares his name with Brayden Beer, which may be a hint or clue as to where he's from. Uh, and remember, there's a tie to Yil and Small Kingdoms mm-hmm. and Auri with Brayden Beer. I, th- I went out of order there, Jeremy. Sorry. No, no, it's all right. Um, um, go ahead, ma'am. Oh, I was just going to say, like, even all of these little factoids give us a lot to talk about. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, So I wanted to note what. So one of the things just jumping in that I wanted to chew on is when Brayden is giving that Brayden gives the gives both the rings. And, you know, we have this. What is it you give? gold to people who are higher than you, right? You would give them a gold ring to request a meeting. Is that right? If they're That's higher right. than you. Yeah. And then iron for people who are lower than you. But Braden says, you know, basically, since we are both unannounced to each other, we have, we give each other a silver ring, which on the surface is what it is. But I'm wondering if, you know, Braden knows Quoth is a lackless and is signaling that, yeah, I mean, we, even with all our secrets, we're on the same level. What do you guys think about that? I I think that's possible. I also think that he's like setting, he's, he's introducing him to the concept of the rings. I think that it should not be uh, passed over that without this gift, Quoth would not even be able to play the game in the court. Like, until he gets these rings, he's basically there just waiting for the mayor to summon him, right? But once he gets the rings, he gets a little bit more agency within the court. He gets to start to to send messages and start to get a bit of an understanding about how things move. So this is not just a, like, a gift of some nice rings, but it's also uh, an investment of agency in Quoth. And perhaps like against what the mayor wanted of him. Like the mayor isn't the one who gives him the rings. Like the mayor isn't inviting him to court to like play courtly games. He's inviting him there to sit and wait to be summoned. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that there's a bit of mischief or even a bit of like in the first move of the, the tack game quote, uh, Brayden has, has invested quote with some more power than perhaps the mayor intended him to have. 
it feels yeah. like he's like helping out but might have an ulterior motive whether or not it be a negative one it it does sort of feel like there's a lot well more happening and that's that's very true jordana because you know he nick or uh oh my god i almost called quoth nick i don't know what that's about <laughs> Um, Quoth does get some tutelage from Stapes on how to act, but he's very, you know, he has to bluff his way in to the mayor's court. And, um, I think much like Vachette kind of does and Tempe do for him in a Demray, um, it is true that, that on the surface, Braden is helping him. He's teaching him about these courtly games, how to play and Quoth, you know, we assume he's telling him the right information because Quoth never really steps in it. But um, yeah, I mean, there's there has to be some ulterior motive, I think, other than what he says, which is just, well, you know, if you turn out to be the mayor's new best friend, then I've got a favor in in high places. It also begs the question of how much, you know, I know Alvaron's been sick, but how much does he know about what's going on? I mean, his guards probably see Braden coming to Quoth and, and no one stops it. Um, I mean, that can't go past his notice, but maybe it does. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I don't think there's any evidence to suggest that the mayor does know that Braden has been talking to Quoth, which in and of itself is kind of interesting. Uh, even if he doesn't like, yeah, like I, there's just so much, so much unanswered about Brayden and who he actually knows and who he's talking to outside of Quoth. Something that never sat right with me about Brayden is where exactly does he sit in the peerage and why does he give the name Brayden? And also who else knows him as Brayden? I, because it, yeah. it it seems like a pseudonym, right? Like he says, you may call me Brayden. And you he never says like... You may call me Brayden, yep. Yeah. Yeah, but then later when Quoth is gathering uh, rumors, we are told that by some other courtier that like Brayden does pagan rituals. So they know him as Brayden, but they also don't supply his actual name and title, which you would think would be information that would go with a gossip. So um, Yeah, unless this is, you know, frame story Quoth, hiding that for us right i Unlo- suppose so, i mean but, but that's like that's a big stretch that's yeah. a big stretch so yeah, yeah. That i wonder also, if it's an it, author mistake you know i i often wonder about that if that's just like something that got overlooked i don't know i mean it could be but you are right that i mean there's other people know because i was you know, not saying he's he's a figment of Quoth's imagination, but we only see Braden interact with Quoth and the Runner Boys. Um, I mean, he's got rooms, so again, people know he's there and people know of him. And 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 um, you know, as we're we're talking about those those um, pagan rituals, and Nick had a good point, but I think I want to make sure he his lands are up north, right? We we kind of have that. Do we have that said somewhere? I feel like this is a Nick question. This seems. Like I I don't question. recall. Okay. Yeah, I I do not recall. Uh, but I mean, there's nothing to preclude a a, a noble from holding lands kind of anywhere. I, That's I true. think there's been some suggestions that he's Baron Jackis, and we know that the barony is in the Pirate Isles, which is to the south. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing to preclude like, um you know, a, a noble from holding lands kind of all over the place. And there's the precedent of like the noble who owed himself fealty, which I think mm-hmm. is, is leading up to something. I'm inclined to think that Brayden might actually be 
Achilles Laclis, mm-hmm. the, the patriarch of the Laclis family, for a couple of reasons. Number one, if uh, he does have lands kind of in the north, that's where the Laclis lands are, I believe. Yes. Yes. And number two, um, sort of my, I have to ask myself who benefits from all of Quoth being at, at court. It's the Laclises who benefit the most, ultimately. And that's why I have a pet theory that Mello and Laclis is uh, is a, a villain, or at least like a patsy for a villain. And who better mm-hmm. to be the villain behind the throne than the patriarch of her family? It's the Laclises who benefit the most, I would say. Um, so I think that's a good candidate for Brayden's identity. And that would also, as you say, RJ, that would be another bit of evidence, uh, because when when Brayden gives him the silver ring, he might be winking at the fact that you and I actually do share a rank because you are my heir. If he does know him uh, as uh, Natalia Laclis's. But wait, offspring. if someone was someone else's heir, wouldn't they still be below them? Yeah, like the but still below a king. Yeah, but you know, he's a he's a jolly fellow. You know, he's a he's a funny a funny sort. He's saying that you yeah. are you know broadly of a rank with me. Um, so when Brayden's out there in the trees or whatever, um, I just remember, doesn't he, doesn't Quoth tell Brayden that he heard the rumors about his pagan rituals and doesn't Brayden like laugh about it? I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would laugh it off because it does seem outlandish, right? But this seems like perfect Rothfuss to me to like hide something true in something that seems so outlandish and, and silly. Uh, I'm, I would be firmly convinced if, so, okay, so this, this, let me back up a bit because I, Please. I firmly think that Master Ash is Brayden. I think that there's basically no other candidate. I know that people seem to think that Cinder is a good candidate for Master Ash, but I think that Cinder is too much of a brute. But here's how it all comes together, okay? I think that the Chandrian are in contact with Master Ash. Uh, so Cinder and Ash are, uh, and Ash and a Brayden are in contact, and that that's what the pagan rituals are. That Brayden go out, goes out to the woods to make contact with the Chandrian and however means he may. And maybe like they they show up there and their signs are visible and that's what looks like it's a ritual. Uh, who knows exactly what it is. Maybe he actually has to do a ritual to like summon them or to, you know, peer into a clear pool and scry with them. But I think that's what's going on. I think that Brayden is in contact with the Chandrian. Uh, I think that that's what the pagan rituals are. And here's a bit of my evidence for that. Um, we know that the... Uh, the patron, Master Ash, became angry enough to fly into a rage and beat Denna. Uh, we are told uh, three days prior um, to Quoth meeting the, the Kithay. And what happened a day before that? Well, Quoth uh, k- defeated the bandits. And so I think that the bandits and Cinder, who we know for sure was with the bandits, were doing something either under orders of or in support of Master Ash. And Master Ash got word through one of his pagan rituals that their efforts had been stymied and he flew into a rage mm-hmm. and uh, he beat Denna as he is wont to do. Uh, furthermore, when Denna is away from Severin, that is also when uh, Brayden is away from Severin. Right. That's another consistent thing. I mean, all of those, I, I love hearing something and immediately taking it as true. So right now I'm taking that as true. Um, yeah. As you should with all of my theories. It's it it does seem to fit well. And I so that yeah, that makes me wonder who started those rumors because it's like if the Chandrian, you know, suppress any information about them, then wouldn't they want 
you know, how do these rumors get out? Because wouldn't Braden just maybe go after whoever has seen him doing these rituals? Or I guess, well, there's no mention of the Chandrian with the rituals, yeah. obviously. And so he, no, he laughs it that. off, right? Like yeah. it's, it's, it's the rumor mongering of the court. Like how better to protect yourself from these harsh truths yeah. by going like, oh yeah, of course they would. Uh, the other reason I think Braden is Master Ash is that he would, if he is Master Ash, then he serves as like the spokes of the wheel, the spoke of the wheel that like connects all the plots together. He connects close time in Severin. He connects the Lacklaces. He connects um, the the bandits and the Chandrian. Um, and even with, with Codicus and all that, he sort of also connects the time at the, the university. So like, I think that there's another like I always ask myself why is this in the book? Yeah, um, I th- and- yeah I I might argue with you on the university thing. I'm trying to make it work in my head, but you well, okay, I admit I admit that's a stretch, but yeah, uh, I do think that like in order for a lot of the plots to come together, you need you need like maybe not one character, but like I think that everything needs to be in the book for a reason. Jeremy would probably take issue with this. I think that everything needs to be in the book for a reason. Everything needs to serve a purpose and be building up to something else. Yeah. And, um, and sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was going to say, so and Jeremy and Jordan, I know you're, I know you're, you're listening. I'm sure being very good active listeners. So my question to you then, Nick, so Braden, um, okay. If he's master Ash, is a, is he then also possibly, Mr. Lackless Sr., like Quoth's grandfather. I mean, all those. I'm personally, I'm more inclined to believe Braden equals Lackless equals Ash than believe Braden equals Cinder equals Ash. I don't think Braden and Cinder are the same person. I know some people think Cinder and Ash are the same person, and that maybe, maybe that's the way of the triune god, but um, I'm more likely to think it's. It's that he's lackless because what delicious, delicious irony would that be? Like, oh, fuck, my grandpa's in league with the Chandrian and he's been beating the shit out of the woman I love. And exactly. And, and so that could juicy. be that could be something that has been orchestrated from the very beginning, because, you know, if he is if Braden is, you know, close grandfather, I mean, he would have been looking for um Natalia and you know maybe would have tracked both down that all is very interesting Jeremy Jordan I want y'all to jump in please so what yeah. are your thoughts? oh no Jeremy you want to go first or shall I you go first so unpopular opinion please hot take <laughs> what if what if they're all just different people well I mean yeah please let them all be different people and let us all be wrong that would be that would be delicious too. So then, so then by that, then, uh, Jordana, what, what do you think Braden's up to? I don't, I, 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 I would like to sit on my fence and think about how, uh, I will let the book decide it for me. And okay, good. <laughs> that's what I feel about Braden. And then I mean, what I feel about Ash is that like, if they aren't a person who we've already met, then we'll meet them later. And same thing with Cinder. And, I don't I mean, think we'll meet the the, the elder lacklaces, to be honest. Okay. Generally, generally speaking, it's bad form if you're setting up a mystery in your book to have the 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 solution to the mystery, the culprit, the identity of the of the perpetrator, as it were, be just some rando. It it has to be someone who's already established as a character. So I feel like 
the identity of Master Ash, if it turns out to not be another character who we have already met or are aware of, like that will suck. Um, I mostly to annoy my our third Mike. I am kind of inclined to agree with Jordana that like Brayden is just Brayden and he's not anybody else. Hey, I don't um, need a sympathy agreement here. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> my agreement with you is coincidental. It's mostly about annoying Nick, but um. But but then we have to answer the question, what is he doing in the book? Because as much as I don't necessarily think that everything in the book has to be like connected to something else and building towards something, you if you put something in a book, you've put it there because you're trying to accomplish an aim. That aim uh-huh. could simply to be to teach both the game of tack and introduce the metaphor of the beautiful game. Well, then which let is, me sorry, but let me ask you something, darling dear. Then why is Florian the only other person that we see who plays Tack? Well, this leads into a theory which I did find kind of interesting, which is like, what if Brayden is Fae? Right? Brayden does seem like it might be an alias. And as you point out, Florian is the only other person who plays Tack and Brayden has trouble finding people to play Tack with him. Uh, And uh, he uses the same phrase that we that we yeah. know that Bast uses earlier without obligation, let or Lien. I love that. Is it Lien uh, or Lien? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't sure. know either. I just but, say Lien because I'm I like to draw. I'm, I'm pretty well, sure the contemporary go. pronunciation is Lien because like you can put yeah. a Lien on a house. Right. Like okay. That. Well, there you go. I've been saying it yeah. wrong, yeah. but I think that those are all data points combined with the fact that Fullerian tells us that Faye go into the mortal world in mortal guises and walk Mm -hmm. unknown among mortals. So Mm -hmm. that, and like Brayden sounds like it could be an alias, right? Because we know that there's a place in the Mm -hmm. world called Brayden from which like beer comes from. Yes. So all of that could suggest that the character who we call Brayden is not a mortal, but is in fact a fae who maybe comes through the Greystones in the in the barony of Brayden mm. and kind of just like lets people think that he's Mm-mm. an aristocrat from around there. Um, but then that of course does raise the question, what is his interest in Quoth? I, and I also want to say, um, I'm sorry for cutting you guys off, but um, you know, this is my podcast. I'm just yeah, yeah, that's, that's your right. <laughs> you, you're the boss. So I don't remember exactly. So when Quoth asked for a bottle of Brayden, bread and beer and they say a breaden in the book not brayden which is interesting uh it's same spelling b-r-e-d-o-n um Kvothe is bringing it to ari and he you know he explains it why he wants it to his friends by saying uh they brewed in the small kingdoms i believe with you know with stuff and it's got all sorts of nutrients and then will says Kvothe, we don't mind you're a pregnant yellish woman i think <laughs> so is yell I didn't think Yil was in the small kingdom. So when I was just remembering that off the top of my head, that threw me off. But I did want to say I'm positive Will connects bread and beer with Yil and, you know, the pregnant Yilish woman. And we know about Yilish story knots and all of that. Just all that to say maybe Breton or Brayden originates from Yil. And I just feel like Yil has this magic quality, not only with um, the Yilish knots, but, you know, Aloden says that um, 
Um, you can call the name of the wind better. Or you can call names better in wild places, right? And Yil just seems, it just seems more natural out there. I, I, I get that, you know, the boots of, of industry, such as it were, haven't quite made it out there. Um, so that might, that Braden Yill connection might be true, but I do want to say in relation to him being Faye, um, and we know Basque and Florian can touch and work with iron, but Braden, you know, does not have, um, a reaction when he's fingering through when he's fingering Quoth's bowl, right? Like when he's <laughs> yeah, when he's fingering Quoth's ring piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't finger cod piece. Um, the <laughs> what if it, instead of rings, it was like cod pieces? Like you just <laughs> walked around with like a gold cod piece with the name of the person you were trying to uh, get their attention. That would be big wild, Henry the Eighth vibes. Mm, then God. Don't we all just love to create a new branch of religion because we want to get divorced and behead yeah, all of our wives? We're doing it more and more. Literally I'm doing. king shit. <laughs> yeah, literally king shit. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I do, Jordana, I, I, you know, simplest sometimes is best. So if we get to the end of this and Braden is just some dude, you know, props to him for being that dude. Um, but there's definitely, as Nick says, I, you know, I don't know if it's with the Chandrian, but I, I wonder if we can all come to a consensus that there must be something, something supernatural going on with this guy. Oh, I don't know if that I agree that there's like something supernatural, but mm. he definitely has like a, he has a background of some sort of mysteriousness, but I don't know. If I can I, take like, the Jordana position. Sorry. Sorry, Jordana. Sorry, Jordana. I mean, yes, by all means, let's hear it. Well, I want to take the Jordana position and say that I think in this case, all things can be true because the Lacklesses, as we know, are kind of like a family that's older than time. Like they they date back to the creation war and possibly before. I think that it's likely that they're descended from Jax. Welcome uh, to my fence. Jack, Jackless, Laxless. And uh, I agree with you, RJ, that um, the that Yil has uh, a mystical vibe about it, like the Yilish knots. And it's sort of like an unknown territory. Um, and so I think that it is entirely possible that if Brayden, you know, assuming Brayden is in fact a lackless, if he is not Faye, then it doesn't seem to me like a huge stretch for him to have a connection to Faye. Maybe the, maybe the lacklesses do exist in Faye. Maybe there are Faye members of the branches. Um, and maybe they have connections in in Yil. Like I think that Yilish story knots will end up being important. Yilish magic, like another form of magic that Denna is is um, learning. And you know, where did she learn that? Where did she learn the knots? Maybe from her patron. Yes, I and I also um, I don't want to. I, I I also want to mention that he could be an Amer candidate as well. We haven't really talked about that, and I think you guys did when you went through the Cathaya section. Um, stick by the mayor, and he'll lead you to their door. About the Amir, yes, um, yes, and the phrase you guys might have brought this up well, but you know, just kind of the phrase, you know, keeping the wolves from the door, um, is is reminds just kind of not parallels, but brings into mind the the Cathay's phrase about leading him leading him to your door because um, whoops, something fell in my kitchen because uh, Braden has a wolf's head cane. 
So um, let's let's pull out of, of Chandrian and talk about Amir for a bit. What if or they're the just same? About, yeah, I mean, what oh, if they are the same? I think it. Off. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think, and I had, I have this kind of crazy theory. I'm, I'm working on that. Cinder might be going rogue. Um, hmm, that, and the only reason I really say that is because we only see him out with the bandits. Like he's kind of doing his own thing. But also because he does seem to have a resentment towards Haliax in that scene we see them around the fire. He tries to challenge him, and then Haliax brings him under his power, and Cinder, you know, is really kind of upset that he doesn't get to finish the job with Quoth. So I wonder if in the three, four years since, uh, well, no, it's been it's been more than that. Quoth seventeen, so it's been six years since his his parents were killed. It, you know, and I really, that's really the only basis I have for the fact that maybe Cinder is, is operating, you know, with the Amir, you know, people like Brayden, if he's an Amir, to um, maybe take control from Haliax. That would be wild, wouldn't it? That would be wild, and it makes sense. Like, I don't think there's any evidence or, like, yeah, there's no evidence in the, in the story that they, like, are necessarily working toward the same goal. They seem to have a plan, but as you say, they also seem to be terrorized by Haliax. So I like the idea that maybe um, Cinder is growing rogue. I've also been nursing a theory that the Chandrian like just kind of do their own thing most of the time. Like mm-hmm. obviously they have to come together when Haliax summons them and maybe they right. do have a singular plan, but I can't help but wonder if like, well, you know, it, it's explicitly mentioned in the book, like, where do they go? Do they go to the castle made of candy? I think that it would be really interesting if, like, Quoth and, like, Denna, who are both kind of mixed up in supernatural stuff, they just have to, like, make rent and live most of the time. And every now and then they're pulled away into yeah uh, into Fey nonsense. Yeah, I, um, there is, mu- there is much to think about. Jeremy, Jordana, any thoughts on Bramir? That's Brayden as an Amir. <laughs> I think it's more likely that Brayden has a connection to them or a want to find him that, that or a want to find them himself mm-hmm. than that he is in fact one of them. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm pretty when it comes to like trying to predict theories and things like that, I am I am so smooth brained. I am like head empty, no thoughts. So I feel like Love that my, for you. My ultimate uh, feeling about Brayden, as my ultimate feeling with so many of the mysteries about this book, is like, yeah, something's going on with him. Uh, who knows what it is? Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I do yeah. think, like, obviously, it's likely that he's an Amir because he's in proximity to the mayor. Yeah. And that we know that the cafe gave that kind of, you know, snarky prophecy mm-hmm. about stick close stick close to the mayor and he will lead you to their door. Uh but he's not the only person that could be referring to. Oh no. But I guess if nothing else like thinking about it meta textually, the fact that he has such a prominent place in that earlier section of the book yeah. that you know several chapters are devoted to Quoth hanging out with him do kind of point in that direction, but I don't think well, oh, hmm, ha, ha, hmm. 
I do What's think. Percolate? I'm thinking. Let me see it. I'm thinking. Let me so hear Fal- it. I Falurian says, uh-huh. I was about to say, well, then that means he can't be Faye. But Falurian says there were never any human Amir. So <gasps> if Brayden is an Amir, he's also probably a Faye. If Falurian is correct, and I think we can assume that she might be. Well, and that... It feels Mm-mm. like a revelation in my mind. <laughs> and therefore, oh and now, that's now an important line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flotsam Jetsam, now I've got him, boys. The boss is on a roll because because give it to if me. That's true. Give if that's me. true, and Brayden is also related to Quoth in some way, that then supports the assertion that Quoth has some fey blood. Yes, it does. Boop. Hello, this is editing RJ from the future. Just wanted to say that there is, of course, evidence of a human Amir order or seem to be human Amir order, um, Knights of the Tail and Church and so forth. We just forgot. Okay, boop. Ooh, baby, baby. <laughs> baby, baby. Get up on this. <clears throat> um... God help me. Why did this happen to me? I'm so happy I've broke. I've cracked you like I've cracked you like that weird nut in, in that Falurian makes for quoth or finds for quoth that you guys have been talking about. The weird fruit. The citrus yeah, fruit? No, the fruit that like the spirals that, and has yeah, the nut the inside and fruit. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I open I cracked Jeremy open like a nut and now he's twittering mind twittering away mindlessly. Um <laughs> I wanted to, because I wanted to make sure that we touched on um, just just on his bit about the beautiful game and the fact that that it really parallels Vashet for me. And I don't my books in the other room. I'm not going getting up to get it because then all my animals will get excited. But it's like, you know, Quoth is assuming that the, the point is to win. And and Braden says no. Same with an Adem Ray. Um, it's not to play a beautiful game, of course. It's con- the points are control. That's the points of the K-Tan. Um, but I just, I wonder what, like what purpose does Braden have, I guess, you know, trying to teach Quoth, you know, this subtlety and, and, but I also wonder if he is trying to learn Quoth, right. By trying to learn how he plays, because he does say a well-played game of tack reveals the moving of a mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wonder if, and well, hold on, let me, let me just read what, what accent should I do? What do you want to hear? Just, just roll it X. Let's just see if I can do it for Braden. Uh, your fanciest. I want you to do your fanciest British guy. Okay, I will. <clears throat> because I want to, I'm going to read this, what he, what what Braden says about playing tack, because I think it can be a hint for Quoth in the end too. So, <clears throat> all right, here we go. Any man that's half awake can spot a trap that's laid for him, but to stride in boldly with a plan to turn it on its ear, that is a marvellous thing. To set a trap and know someone will come in wary, ready with a trick of their own, then beat them, that is twice marvellous. I wasn't as good as it could have been. I should have rolled my R's, but thank you for an encouraging. Yeah, I got Ian McKellen vibes. Mm-hmm. It, that might it might have been um i i 
almost wish we would have had a third thing because he stops at twice marvelous. I wish that we, he would have gone to thrice because we know, um, threes are, are important too. Um, but I just, I wonder if he's trying to warn Quoth about something when he, when he cautions him about, uh, or when he, it's almost advice like to, to go into a trap ready with a trick of your own. Um, I don't know. Am I making too much of that? Probably. Well, I I just want to go back to something you said earlier, because I think that it ties into something that's a theme in the wise man's fear of like learning about the other person through doing some kind of like competitive activity together. Yeah. Or or like not even necessarily competitive, but like, I think that you're right that you like Braden's, tells us like you can learn a lot about a person by playing a game of tag with them. You can see how their mind works. And then later on when Quoth goes, uh, starts learning ADEM martial arts, that's also viewed as a way like you can learn about a person and a culture and a philosophy by doing this activity that on the surface, maybe d- wouldn't seem to be um, didactic in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that that is a persistent theme. Right. And I think you could argue the same of music. I mean, how someone plays mm-hmm. music to Quoth reveals something about them. It's a very, um, it's very, I, I've been so into Star Wars lately. So this is a Star Wars reference. It's very Thrawn, you know? Yes, yes. You must study the arts <laughs> of a culture and you will learn how you can destroy them. And I do believe, I mean, and I think in Star Wars 2, we see, you know, games being played, whether it's Sabacc or whether it's that hollow Mandalorian game that Sabine Wren plays with Fenrau on Rebels. There's like always something, I mean, and even, and chess is our real world equivalent, right? I mean, there are probably people who think they can learn something about you by the, by the way you play chess. So I, I it, I'm wondering if that is a handout is if that's supposed to be a handout or a hindrance to Quoth or both, right? Is Braden giving him a hint or is Braden trying to pick him apart? Or as Jordana might say, you know, this guy's just spouting off grandfatherly advice uh, with his, his white hair and brown eyes. I do. Speaking of grandpa, let me just point this out. I do not, recall many people in King Killer said to have brown eyes except Brayden, Denna, I think Maloin. Pretty much everyone else has light eyes. So I, I that to me, you know, is another hint at Brayden being a lackless because mm. I think both Maloin and Lorian have brown eyes. And we do not have a I I mean we don't have a lot of diversity period in King Killer. Like it's like you're either sealedish or you're white or you're a mix of the two. That's how it seems to me, which kind of sucks. Uh, I, I read it as like, no, I think fella has brown eyes. Yeah. When, when they're brown eyed, it's probably mentioned because it's important or maybe it's just a way of describing it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I of think it as being like it, white. If anything, though. like brown eyes are the most common color of eyes. So it almost isn't worth pointing it out. Yeah. Mm. Whereas like, blue and green and other colors of eyes are orders of magnitude less common. Hmm. And so it makes more sense to point them out. Sometimes I try to be too critical. uh, Join the club. (laughs) (laughs) You and Nick, two peas in a pod. 
I don't know. I just wish there was a bit more nuance. So it, I think I read it as Rothfuss kind of like leaving the space for you to fill it in. Uh, something mm-hmm. that I found a little eye opening was um, he wrote. <laughs> I don't know if you if we we talked about this on our show briefly. Rothfuss wrote a script for a uh, an, an episode a. a hmm an issue, I guess, of Ojoy sex toy mm-hmm. featuring a bunch of characters oh, yeah. from, yeah, uh, from King killer. And they are all drawn quite, uh, diversely. And I feel like because Rothfuss was involved with it, he was able to give them some direction as to, uh, as to physicality. I think he's got a very clear vision of like, you know, the, 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 the ethnicity of like a Modigan person and all that, but it seems like Shaldish are the ones who are the darkest. And that is perhaps the most important, but hmm. yeah, I don't, well, uh, I'm not, I, I'm the one who tends to be the most critical in, on our show and I'm not super bothered by, uh, by that idea. Well, all right then. That's good to know. Sometimes I like, you know, it's like, I have no one else to talk about this with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's a problem for any nerd who's nerdy about a thing. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why both of our shows are successful probably is because this is a, a fairly niche fandom supernatural. It ain't. Uh, so, but at the same time, like I have definitely experienced the curse of like, man, I just read this book that I loved and I have all these thoughts about it and I have literally no one to talk to them about. And I just, you know, sit around going stir crazy. Yeah, I this yeah, this is not definitely not as niche as as other stuff that I know is out there, but um um yeah. in terms of who I picture like maybe playing Brayden, I think if he's got to be aristocratic and grandfatherly but also maybe a little bit sinister, I feel like yeah. Jeremy Irons is mm-hmm. is a strong choice. Uh who does have big brown eyes, which he is described as having. Yeah, you I think get of him big brown eyes in. Yeah, I think of him as being like more kindly, which I think will help to make the reveal that he is ultimately the worst villain even more tasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think your your read uh, today, RJ, really put me in mind of Ian McKellen. I'd like to see him with like a bushy beard, not like. Um, not like Gandalf length, but like a, a bushy one. To be honest, when I read uh, the book, I picture one of my old acting coaches uh, who mm-hmm. is a distinguished Canadian actor named Lee J. Campbell. Uh, awesome. Pretty much like perfectly. Although also like a Brendan Gleeson, I think would uh, mm. would go well too. Yeah. Love a Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, we love a, a tasty Gleeson. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have like two directions that I would go with it, and I'm not sure which one feels like the right one. Please, um, but the, like the first one I was thinking is like Forrest Whitaker, like um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. kind of like Saul Guerrero feeling, I guess. Like he's got the beard and he's got like big friendly eyes, but he's also kind of scary. <laughs> Saw is Saw Guerrero. Wow, that's a whole nother podcast because I need, <laughs> I need to figure out my feelings on Saw Guerrero. Um, yeah, I thought that too. And you know, when I don't know if Quoth says it's like close cropped hair, but, but he just says the hair and beard are the same length. So yeah, like a saw Guerrero look would be perfect because like the hair and the beard could both be grown out a bit and it would still be the same length and, you know, making him look like an owl. Yeah. I almost, I actually now, you know, thinking about that, that brings to mind a very bushy hair and beard that's just like covering his face. And then he's got big eyes. So he looks like an owl for a while. I was thinking it was like very close hair, 
but now I'm thinking big hair. Who's the guy who plays the owl in uh, in Daredevil? Oh, yeah, that actor. God, hold on a minute. <laughs> it's like he's a character actor you see around all the time. God, what's it? Bob Gunton. I don't know that guy. I'd have to look him up. I don't know who would be my Braden. I have a very clear picture of some characters, but Braden, I don't really. I like the I like the big hair kind of big fluffy beard. I like that idea of Braden. You would. I'm gonna post this in the chat. You will recognize this guy if you like look at a picture of him. Like, oh, I've seen that guy around. I feel like I have trouble imagining that guy with a beard. Oh, yeah, I've definitely seen that guy around. That guy's in everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, those are, those are. I mean, thinking of Sinister, I mean, and, and thinking of Sinister Men in Star Wars, I think Giancarlo Esposito. You know, oh, yeah, he'd be he, so good. Yeah. Especially if, you know, if Braden ends up being bad, you know, yeah. I mean, we know that guy can play a bad guy. We truly yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Any of these actors we named would be great. And I would watch any of them like read a phone book, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Braden, Braden, Braden. Well, um, well, whoever plays Braden, I, I wonder if he's going to drink Braden beer, bread and beer in the movie that would be a great like merchandising tie-in merchandising and we know who to go to for great logos that's right yeah i've already got one for Braden beer oh well i'm gonna have to go check that out i need to drop a little money on y'all's pod once i get some money Mm -hmm. um maybe for christmas after i spend it all well what a what a delightful game of tack we've played i think we've played a very beautiful game today of sitting on fences learning new things and cracking up pots. new theories, cracking pots. I think we've all had a delightful day. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but, but before uh, we all sign out, I wanted to, this is editing RJ from the future again. Wanted to do some quick housekeeping and I'm um, going to skim over a letter really quick. Jim wrote me another letter about Braden and Jim, I hope that you feel today's episode um, answered your particular questions about Braden's lack of title and how the stories of the pagan rituals might give us a clue. Um, Jim said that in his letter, and Jim, again, I'm just going to paraphrase it, said he hopes Braden is a mirror and means well and that the bruises Cathay mentions are just harsh training of Denna. He says, but I think Denna's song combined with those forest rituals suggests he's not mostly good and could well be an evil manipulator, and maybe he's even a different Chandrian. I just can't believe he's Cinder, who is such a total bro slash asshole who I don't think could fake being a refined gentleman. Thank you for that note, Jim, and your notes on Braden and also on the name of Fire. Wanted to wish everyone a happy new year. I guess in the standard calendar or whatever we call it. I know other people celebrate New Year's at other times. It's hard to believe we're coming up on this podcast three-year anniversary. Um, I started it in spring 2020, so it'll be coming up on three years here. And whether you've been with me the entire time or our recent follow or our listening After the third anniversary, I'm grateful for you. 
and I wish you much joy and success in the road ahead. Email is always a great place to reach me, etrsop at gmail.com, as well as Twitter and Facebook, um, where I post updates and episode links, and every now and then I'm a little more active on Twitter. However, I'm I'm not opening my pocketbooks, um, so you can find my tweets in with the rest of the hoi polloi in the non-rarefied air where I'm not, uh, we're not giving money to a billionaire. So entirely the right sort of podcast. Um, gosh, I'm just kind of jumping. This sounds like I'm about to make a big announcement. I'm not really. Um, I, if you, um, follow me on Twitter, you saw, um, we had a really, really, really sad, um, and sudden death in my family. So I am not sure what that's going to mean as far as the regularity of these podcasts. I think that I'm going to be a little more, um, just, uh, distant, I guess it might be hard to kind of keep pushing forward, um, as I'm dealing with, uh, grief, um, with the death of a sibling. Um, so I had this one edited and ready to pretty much ready to go. Wanted to jump in here and add some final thoughts, but, um, We'll see, you know, I'll see you guys where the roads meet. I'm not going anywhere, you know, and you know, forever. I just might, uh, need to change the schedule or need to take a little break or do something. So, um, that's, you know, I always like to plug my little social media, but that's kind of where I will be making any announcements and I'll try to pin them or maybe try to do a little podcast if I'm going to take a longer break, but I just, I don't really know where I'm, I'm going to be you guys. So, um, Please, um, you know, keep me and, and, uh, the RJs in your thoughts, the family RJ, the house of the R of J, if you will. Um, and, uh, I'm wishing you guys the best. This was heart to heart, a little bit of a heart to heart. And I appreciate that. I feel like we can do that here. So I'm going to, um, slap this right next to where me and page of the wind signed off so we can leave on a little bit of a happier note. Thank you very much for coming on the pod with me. Um, it's always who, a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, you so been? much for having us. Who oh, I, been? I, I've been Nick. I'm always Jordana. I'm sometimes Jeremy. And I am reliable Japes signing off as usual. May all your stories be glad ones and your roads be smooth and short. Bye. Bye.